Uh, the Apostle Paul was a, a man of a rugged faith, a, a man who was gripped by an intense passion for Jesus with a, a, a life a life mission, you know, to, to see Jesus made famous throughout the Roman world. He, he wrote the majority of the New Testament part of the Bible. Paul, who initially persecuted the church, that is until he had a powerful life-altering encounter with Jesus, uh, the risen Jesus on the road to Damascus, Syria. That same Paul eventually was beheaded in Rome in a wave of persecution against Christianity driven by the Emperor Nero. Listen to these words of Paul. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. What about you? Do you share this passion, this lack of shame for the message of Jesus? Last week we talked about the fact that the Christians are, are not at all ashamed about their views on vaccines and masks and how governments uh, should be working with us in the pandemic, but have been sadly quiet about the gospel, amazingly quiet about Jesus. Uh, we, we need to turn that around. And, and that's not a statement about vaccines, but it is a pro-statement about Jesus. The Apostle Paul, <clears throat> in a very tumultuous time in world history, he, he pushed against incredible odds, pushed against opposition uh, to the Christian faith because he saw that when people encountered Jesus, they came alive. Burdens were lifted, depression and addictions were overcome, bodies were healed, families were made whole. People chose love over hate. They, they truly loved their neighbors as themselves, always seeking to bless their neighbors in one way or another. Paul gave his life to this mission. This mission became the primary focus of his life. The Apostle Paul then goes on to say, This gospel tells us how God made us right in his sight. This is accomplished from start to finish by faith. And today, what I want to do is talk about this faith that we have that we ought not to be ashamed of, this faith that when we act on it, it changes lives, it changes our families and lives all around us for the better. And I want to talk about how this faith has been part of this church's founding history, even really a part of our DNA. But first, let's, let's define faith. What, what's faith? The writers of the New Testament, uh, the letter to the Hebrews define faith this way. Now, faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. So faith is seeing from God's point of view. Let me say that again. Faith is seeing from God's point of view. Faith is hearing from God as you read the Bible, as you hear his still small voice, as you're focused in on God, you have this confidence that he's leading you, that he's speaking to you, that he's at work in and through you. Faith is seeing from God's point of view. Fort City Church was born 46 years ago, back in 1975, with faith that saw from God's point of view. 1975 was a boom time in the oil sands. Uh, Pierre Elliott Trudeau was Prime Minister of Canada with a, a liberal government and a conservative premier of Alberta. Things haven't really changed much over the decades. At that time, our premier was uh, Peter Lougheed, who was one legend of a premier, I think, even more so than Ralph Klein. Part of the uh, Lougheed legend was his fight with Trudeau over how oil in Alberta and the oil sands in particular would be managed and how oil would be priced. Trudeau developed something called the National Energy Policy that Lougheed fought tooth and nail. 
And when Lougheed eventually didn't succeed, major American oil companies pulled out of Fort McMurray and all over Alberta, leading to a major downturn in oil prices by the 1980s. It was a bit of a disaster. And please excuse my language, but at this time, a bumper sticker became very popular in Alberta. Any of you remember it? It's a bit crass, but here's, here, here it goes. Let the eastern bastards freeze in the dark. Again, have things changed much over the decades? Albertas always had, Albertans have always had a bit of emotion to them. It was in this world of boom and bust that Fort City Church was born, and it was born as an act of rugged faith that was not ashamed of the gospel and its power to change lives for the better and forever. So Fort City was founded in the midst of a boom that was shortly followed by a time of huge downturn. By the early 80s, the population was in huge decline. Job losses were more severe than what we experienced since 2014. The real estate market crashed then as it has now, and uh, Fort McMurray by the mid-80s was a bit of a mess. So we live in a city that cycles through boom and bust on a fairly regular basis, never knowing when the next boom or bust is, is coming. We live in a city that's always been economically volatile. And we've been in the center of major political debates in Canada and around the world for at least 46 years or more. And it was into that kind of volatile boom-bust environment that this church was born. God gave a young Bible college student by the name of Ed Carlson a vision to bring the gospel to Fort McMurray. This was the late 60s. Upon graduation, he approached the Christian Missionary Alliance with his excitement and passion to see an Alliance church in Fort McMurray, and, and they just flat out turned him down. They did not see Fort McMurray as a place that could sustain a new church. The Alliance had all of the graphs and the statistics you would want that said Fort McMurray was not the place to go. Heck, there was barely a road to Fort McMurray back then. It didn't bother Ed that the city was not booming or really all that desirable of a place to live. He didn't see what everybody else saw, some God-forsaken roughneck place isolated in the middle of the subarctic. No, he saw what God saw. He, he had eyes of faith. He was seeing from God's point of view. The Alliance at that point sent him to plant a church somewhere else. I think it was Saskatchewan. And when he had that church up and running in a couple of years, he went back to the Alliance District Office and he, he asked them to send him to Fort McMurray. And once again, they turned him down. So once again, he went out and he planted a church somewhere else. And once again, when he had that church up and running, he went back to the district office and asked to be sent to Fort McMurray. You got to love this guy. I mean, he knew what God had laid on his heart. He had eyes of faith for this city. His heart burned for the people who call Fort McMurray home. He, he was seeing Fort McMurray from God's point of view. So it's now 1975. Fort McMurray is a national news item. It's starting to boom. The word oil sands, or actually it was tar sands back then, was in the vocabulary of the average Canadian. And that's when the Alliance finally says, yes, we'll throw in our support and they commissioned Ed Carlson to plant a church here in Fort McMurray, and soon that continually washed-out gravel road to Fort McMurray would be fully paved. Ed Carlson, though, he had rugged faith. He saw Fort McMurray through the eyes of God. He, he was confident that God wanted to build an alliance church here. This was not wishful thinking. This was not just human desire. This was seeing what God saw for the city of Fort McMurray. 
remember, maybe the, you might remember the words of the writer to the letter of Hebrews. Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. Ed Carlson had this confident faith, and he didn't let go of it. He, he wouldn't let go of a vision, even when the doors appeared to be closed. I mean, Ed Carlson had a, a confident assurance in things unseen. And friends, that's, that's just our heritage here at Fort City, a heritage of rugged, confident faith that sees what God sees. When everything else around us looks dark, uncertain, when all of the graph and the studies say no, but when God says yes, it's yes. Like Ed Carlson, we all need to see what God sees, to see with eyes of faith. And the story keeps going. Once commissioned by the Christian Missionary Alliance, Ed quickly gathered a small group of about 45 people. They quickly moved into a property purchase and a building program, while at the same time giving 20% of their budget to various mission causes. Hey, our missions giving right now is well under 10%, so we got a ways to go to catch up to our past. And, and get this. Within three years, that group of 45 people had grown to uh, 100, and, and this facility that we're in here today, they built back then in three years. Now, normally, the pattern that had developed in Ed's life at this point is that he would, you know, move on and plant another church with this building established, but he did something interesting this time around. Once the facility was built and the congregation was established, he transitioned to a full-time job outside of the church, but still in the city here, so that he could make way for a pastor that he thought would do a better job of helping the church grow to the next stage. I mean, Ed just had this huge heart for who we call McMurray Mike and Kim, you know, just the average person who calls Fort McMurray home. He was gifted in leading people far from Jesus to faith in Jesus. He, he had led some key businessmen in the community to faith who then helped physically and financially to build this church. But he thought that the church was in need of a pastor who was strong, not just in evangelism, but in discipleship, someone who could build people and not just buildings. So that's when uh, Pastor Art Dick arrived, who shared Ed's passion for the people and the culture of Fort McMurray. And under Art Dick's leadership, with support from Ed, the church grew to about 150, and Art served here for about five years. The legacy of uh, Ed Carlson and Art Dick um, was a passion to create a church family that created a safe place for unchurched people to hear a dangerous, life-changing message about Jesus, just to have an encounter with Jesus. From our founding, we were a church family that just loved the unique culture of the people of Fort McMurray who came from across Canada and around the world to live lives that would flourish, to live life to the full. Fort McMurray has always been a great place for anyone who was willing to take the risk, uproot your family, and, and move to the subarctic of Canada. Am I saying subarctic too much? You, you do know that this part of Alberta is geographically subarctic. I mean, you will be reminded of that fact fairly shortly when it's dark at 8.30 and the temperatures are hovering at around minus 42, just saying. But no matter where in the world you're from or where from across Canada you're from, it takes a unique person to move here, call Fort McMurray home, and, and just love living here. And hey, that's me. I mean, I love this place. I love living here. I love the people who call Fort McMurray home. People here are raw, authentic, no pretending, you get what you get. Fort McMurray people work hard, they play hard, uh, they make time for their family and kids. I mean, this is a great place to raise a family. 
And they love their toys because they're fun and because working in Fort McMurray sometimes gives you the ability to play with a few toys and that's all good. And they come from across Canada and all around the world. And when they come here, most, I'm not saying everyone, but most embrace this awesome culture that we have here in Fort McMurray. And, and that includes being a resilient people. I mean, floods, fires, economic booms and busts. We, we just survive and keep going. Uh, um, we are Fort McMurray strong. So this is the person we mean when we call the average person here, McMurray, Mike, or Kim. They're, they're, they're just like Fort McMurray people. They could be from Canada, the Philippines, Nigeria, Ethiopia, Lebanon, Texas. Yes, Texas is a country, right? But anyways, the list goes on. But they're people who embrace the unique life that is Fort McMurray. And I love this city. I mean, I love the people who live here. Federal election is over, and we're now thinking about our municipal election, and there are a ton of candidates, more than I've ever seen, and this is the first election since I moved here in 2012, where a number of candidates are pushing what I call a McMurray, Mike, and Kim agenda. You'll see pictures of all sorts of candidates uh, taken at the new motorsports park, and arguments about whether we should have, uh, give a little more freedom for quads uh, in the city. Really what it's all about is, is trying to figure out how to build a city for the people who really love to live here and, and, and what it takes to keep us all to stay here. And uh, at the same time, we have the most uh, diverse set of candidates because McMurray, Mike, and Kim come from anywhere in the world. It was January of 2012, and I had come to Fort McMurray as a, a church consultant at the invitation of Terry Young, the interim lead pastor of Fort City at that time. I was meeting with the board when I got a text from Mark Jakeway, who I knew when he was a student in Thunder Bay, the city that I was in at the time. Uh, at that time, he was chasing a Thunder Bay girl named Eve Hoosman, now Eve Jakeway. His text went, me and a few boys are at Earl's for wings and beer. Want to join us? Uh, I showed the text to the guys I was consulting with, and they immediately said, meeting's over, you can go. And then one of the guys said, hey, let me text you my phone number in case you need a designated driver to get you home. Now, I'm not sure what he thought these guys at wing night were like or what he thought about me, really. But I assured him I would do just fine. But I'd never been to a church before where a leader offered to be a designated driver to a pastor. That was a new experience. <laughs> I get to Earl's, and even 10 years ago, I'm the old guy. Everyone in this particular group is in their 20s, some are Christians, some are not. Uh, and we enter into the wildest conversation I've had with a group of church guys. Right off the bat, I got asked what kind of truck I drive, and fortunately, I did. I, I might have been rejected just then and there. A Ram 1500, the Ram boys liked that, the Ford boys scoffed, there were no Chevy boys, might have been one Toyota boy. Well, Doug, you, you should get it lifted and I could get you a deal. Yeah. And then, hey, Doug, do you own a quad? No. You should if you ever live here. I now own a quad. But anyways. <laughs> and, and this is where God began to do in me what he had done in Ed Carlson. He put this unique northern oil sand city full of raw, authentic, lived life to the full people on my heart. He started to speak to me, to call me to Fort McMurray. And as I thought about coming to Fort McMurray, God put these words of the Apostle Paul on my heart. To the Jews, I became as a Jew in order to win the Jews. To those outside of the law, I became as one outside of the law so that I might win those outside of the law. To the weak, I became weak so that I might win the weak. I have become all things to all people that I might by all means save some. 
I do it all for the sake of the gospel so that I may share in its blessing. In other words, what Paul is saying is he will do anything short of sin to lead people of Jesus. Really, anything short of sin. So to McMurray Mike, I become McMurray Mike so as to win people throughout Fort McMurray to Jesus. And I began to ask, what does this look like? And then the Apostle Paul adds, I do it all for the sake of the gospel so that I might share in its blessings. And there's that word gospel again, the power of God to change lives for the better, the power of God to change your life for the better, the power of God to meet not just the average person in Fort McMurray at their point of need, but to meet every person at their point of need. I am not ashamed of that gospel. Our city needs Jesus and our city needs a church that loves and understands this city while not being ashamed of the gospel. Hey, Fort City has this document that it wrote out a few years ago. It includes eight values and eight behaviors that drive how we live and serve our city. There are eight statements that kind of go, we live like, uh, at Fort City, we live like. I, I love all of the statements, and you can find them on our webpage, but I really love this statement. We live like this is our city. Fort McMurray is our home. We're here to play a life-giving role and be part of the story. We are here on purpose. Friends, you are in Fort McMurray right now because God has a purpose for you right here, right now. You are here on purpose. This is a key value at Fort City. We love this city. And this has been our passion uh, since Ed Carlson got this burning call in his heart as a Bible college student, a, a call that didn't leave him when the denomination said no, a, a call that ultimately established this church with a heart to reach the unique people who call Fort McMurray home, to reach all the people who call Fort McMurray home. The way we express that call, the way we describe our mission as a church is that we are making Jesus visible as we live and love like him. Jesus put it this way, uh, we looked at these words last week, you are the light of the world. Let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds. That's good deeds, doing stuff, Jesus stuff, and glorify your Father in heaven. So for a church like Fort City, like how's it going to happen? Well, at Fort City we put it this way, uh, again, it's from our values list. Our last value in that Fort City values document goes like this. We live like we are in this together. Friends, we're, we're part of something bigger than ourselves. We are a movement with far-reaching impact. Each of us has a part to play. We, we, we don't do this alone. Friends, what God began through Ed Carlson and, and what I've had the privilege to lead since 2012, what, what has happened with lives in this city changed for the better now and forever. It is because over the years, hundreds, if not thousands, have stepped up and found a place to play their part in making this church happen. These are dark days for many in our city right now. We need to be shining brightly as a church. Friends, there is not a person who you lay eyes on in this city who is not loved by Jesus. And Jesus wants to touch and transform not just your life, and he wants to touch your life, but the lives of everyone in our city for the better. He, he wants to set captives free. He wants struggling parents to flourish. He, he wants to heal broken relationships and broken bodies. He, he wants us to live life to the full. We live in an awesome but unique city. It's going to take someone like you to help someone else in this city experience Jesus for themselves. So will you let Jesus use you? 
Will you team up with your church to help us not only care for you and your family, but reach this city? Friends, we are in this together. We're, we're part of something bigger than ourselves. Each of us has a part to play. Maybe you need to talk to a staff member about a way you can shine a little bit through Fort City or, or go to the uh, connection desk out there or go to fortcity.info and say, I, I want to help. Would you do that? Would you step up and go all in with your church to change lives now and forever? And hey, there are some of you here right now and, and you just don't yet know this Jesus we're talking about in a personal way. You, you hear us talking about Jesus, but you don't know him deeply. I want you to know he loves you, that he wants to change your life for the better. He, he wants you to live life to the full. He, he wants to set you free from whatever is pulling you down. He, he wants to give you the gift of life that goes on forever and eternity. And you can come to him right now just as you are. No need to clean anything up. Just acknowledge that you need him. Acknowledge that you haven't been living for him. And tell him you want him to come into your life, to lead your life from this day forward. In fact, why don't we all just pause for a moment and bow in prayer. And, and I want to invite any of you who don't yet have a personal relationship with Jesus. This is an opportunity if you feel ready to invite him into your life right now. Because that's what this church has been about from the beginning. So just take these words that I say and kind of pray them in your own way, silently on your own. Would you do that? Just say, dear Jesus, I need you. Just, just, just pray that to him. Say, I need you. Jesus, I need you. I acknowledge that I have not been following you, that I have not been living for you, and I ask for your forgiveness. Friends, ask. He'll forgive. And I ask you to come right into my life. I, I ask you to flood me with your transforming presence, leading me to live with you and for you. Thank you for coming into my life. And today I declare that I have decided to follow Jesus. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. And if any of you actually prayed that, and I'm sure some of you did, would you let me know, message us, talk to me or any one of our leaders, I'll leave a note on fortcity.info, because we would love to encourage you in this new jersey with this new journey with Jesus you're on and, uh, and just really help you take next steps to help you uh, experience the change that Jesus has for you. Let me uh, just continue to, to pray for all of us. Father God, yeah, thank you for this city. Thank you for the awesome, unique culture of this place. And thank you that we can be part of how you want to love this city. Call us, prompt us to get involved somewhere and give us faith and courage to give when there are so many other demands in our finances. And God, would you just move with power through Fort City, transforming our lives first, the lives of our kids, so that then you can use us to transform lives of people throughout our city. We just pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.